With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. The official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey guys, Justin here along with my cousins Derek and Tyler. Another great show planned for tonight. We're going to be catching up with 2019 offensive line commit Matthew Anderson. We'll see how, he, how good he is at making picks tonight. Uh, he can't be worse than Tyler. But first, the Huskers fell short in an upset bid against Ohio State, 36-31. And again, that leaves a lot of Husker fans impressed and excited for the future. Isn't that right, Tyler? Oh, damn right. Uh, so, Tyler, what are your, some of the positives that came out of this game? I mean, there there are a lot to look at in this game. I mean, you know, I think when I, if I was going to look at the positives, I would first look at my personal life. The, the best thing about this game is I, I got the chance to walk into work on a Monday, and for the first time all season, I had people not giving me shit about being a Husker fan. Um, even a defeat. You know, no one cared about Bethune-Cookman or Minnesota. Um, but this game, people were like, yeah, Frost is turning this around. Uh, but after being selfish for my positives, I, I'm going to go with the, my next biggest positive is the turnover battle. I mean, we, we got we caused three turnovers in that game, and all three were probably among the top three turnovers we've caused all year. Um, Lamar Jackson's pick in the third quarter was a great uh, play, and more kudos to that kid. I know we talked about it in the last couple weeks, but the turnaround that he's made is amazing. JoJo Doman came in. He played a great game across the board, good at pass protection. But that sack that he hit, uh, I mean, he almost took Haskins out for the game. I mean, great job playing across the board by the black shirts. It caused the turnovers. <laughs> I, 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 can I tell a story real quick? During that game, when JoJo Doman made that hit, you know, we fumbled, and I celebrated. I was like, yes, he fumbled, and he's hurt. And my wife yelled at him. She goes, you do not celebrate somebody getting hurt. I'm like, uh, I know. <laughs> Derek, <laughs> what are some of the positives there? Well, hold on before we go there. I, I, did you guys hear the uh, JoJo Doman comments about this game? So he came oh, out yeah. He came out and talked about it. Maybe our listeners haven't heard this, but uh, he came out, and they, they asked him what he could have done different. And he told him, well, I probably could just grab the ball because he had no clue I was there. And then, and then two questions later, one of the reporters asked him, uh, what would you have done different on that play? And he says, I don't know, maybe hit him harder. <laughs> I did not hear that. <laughs> I don't know if you could have hit him harder. If you hit him harder, you might have been going to prison for like manslaughter. <laughs> you did. He destroyed that guy. Uh, uh. So yeah, there were so many positives really taken take away in this game. Uh, 
So Nebraska just came up with their sixth straight game of 450 yards in a game in a season. Can you name the other four seasons that this happened six straight times? Tyler, that one's yours. I'm going to go with uh, 82-83-95. And I think I'm going to go with the 2001 Huskers. Really, those are good guesses. I with with uh, Eric Crouch and Tommy Fraser and uh, Turner, Turner Gill. Yeah, those are really good guesses. Uh, the actual answer is nineteen seventy two, eighty two, ninety four, and ninety five. Uh, all under Osborne. We have not done this since Osborne. Wow! And, wow. and, and you know, it, it, it's going to get shattered because it's going to get it's going to happen this week. Like we're facing one of the worst defenses we've, we're going to face all year in Illinois, so the odds of us getting less than four hundred fifty yards in this game are slim to none. I think. Uh, and another cool stat I, thought I found was Adrian Martinez has tallied, he, he uh, tallied three hundred thirty eight yards of total offense in this game, and that was the fifth time this season he's done that, and that ties the record in one more. The sixth time, he will be the only Husker, not true freshman, the only Husker ever to do that six times in one year. Uh, th- this kid's so awesome. I, and we yeah. forget, we, I think we tend to forget that he's a true freshman. We see the bonehead mistakes, like the backwards pass to J.D. Spielman. And then terrible we, play. Terrible it, it, play. It, it was a terrible play. And, and we, we get reminded that he's a true freshman. And, but but it pains us to see that he's a true freshman because like God dang it you can't make those plays but at the same time you see some of these stats and you're going geez what's the, what the future is so bright I gotta wear shades you know <laughs> uh, another another surprising stat that I just it just blew me away was Divina Zigbo like this guy I. I was the worst one. I'll be the first one to admit it. I was the worst one. I thought he had no place in this offense. This guy is 90 yards away from 2,000 career rushing yards. That's insane. Like, this guy had no place in an offense for the last three years. And here he is. He's he's 200 yards away from a 1,000-yard season and only 90 yards away from 2,000 career rushing yards. I. This this kid has been so quietly great that we didn't even recognize him. Uh, one one more before we get off here, but uh, you know we've never had a thousand yard receiver, and it's very possible that we could have two of them this year. Uh, Spielman needs uh, eighty four yards a game, and Morgan needs ninety two a game this the, for the next three games, and and. This defense that we're facing with Illinois, we could get half of that in this one game. I mean, it, I, and they probably better because it's going to be tough to get those yards against Iowa and Michigan State. But well, you know what though, Michigan State's ninety eighth team in the in the country in pass defense. Now I will admit that running Ozigbo better get get his yards this game, but passing. Uh, Spielman and Morgan, they could they could tear up Michigan State's defense, really. So, Tyler, when you look at this game here, what went wrong here? I mean, we were five points shy 
Well, I, I think, I mean, you know, I've talked about this a lot in the podcast. I mean, I feel like, and, and we've improved. We've improved before I go here, but we failed to execute in key points in this game. And th- there were a couple huge drops in that third and fourth quarter. Um, one by J.D. Spielman when he kind of alligator arm, maybe misjudged the um, pass. Um, and one that J- uh, Divine is a big hit him in the hands. Um, you know, Derek mentioned the Adrian Martinez backward fumble, which was a crucial mess up this game. Um, you know, that, that took at least three points off the board, if not a touchdown. Um, and obviously a three points could completely have changed the game. We could have been going into halftime up 24, 16, maybe they go for two earlier. Maybe that throws off everything. I don't know. Um, but th- those are a couple of places. We just, we just, when we need to make a play, we didn't do it. And, and my second thing is our rush defense. We were not there this game. Um, Ohio State had been struggling to run the ball all year, and we gave up um, over 200 yards rushing against them in this game. Um, that was just something that the Huskers could not afford to do. Derek? I, I, I agree with you, Tyler. Uh, but, but it all came down to like, you know, a matter of like five plays when it came to rushing. The first half, the first quarter, we had fifty yard. We gave up fifty yards rushing, which is okay. I mean, it's not great, but it's okay. The, the second quarter, we gave up three yards rushing. I, I don't know what happened in that second quarter. We just dominated these guys, offensively and defensively. We moved the ball well. We stopped them, and uh, the third quarter was just terrible. Like and, and you can you can blame the defense. Uh, they were on the field a lot in that third quarter because the offense could not move the ball. We gave up 112 yards rushing in that third quarter, and that was our bad quarter. But you know our defense played fairly admirably in that quarter. You know the the first drive, uh, Ohio State gets the ball, they drive down the field, and throw and, and then uh, Dwayne Haskins throws an interception in the end zone. Uh, Tyler, you talked about that interception earlier from uh, Lamar Jackson, and our offense completely sputters and goes three and out and and makes the defense come right back on the field. Uh, they got wore out. They it proved it. Uh, but let, let me give let me give another stat out that that made this defense surprise that, that surprised me at least. Uh, Dwayne Haskins had by far his worst game. Uh, five games this year, Dwayne Haskins has thrown for over seventy percent of his passes. We held him to his lowest passing percentage at fifty six point three percentage and we also held him to the least amount of yards that guy's thrown all year long and 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 it's so i mean kudos to this defense i thought they played pretty admirably at times they had some breakdowns especially in the third quarter and but i again i blame some of that on the offense not all of it but some of it on the offense and and in the fourth quarter when it came down to you know we kicked the ball deep and we all we had to do is come up with a stop and we couldn't do it. We just couldn't do it. And it, it drove me nuts because if that offense gets the ball back, I'm telling you guys what, we win this game. Uh, the, we, we left a lot out there. I mean, it was a game that we definitely could have and should have won. You know, it's it's kind of like we won on the scorecards, but we got knocked out at the end. You know, it, it just it, it kind of sucked. But, you know, I'm happy for Nebraska. 
they certainly exceeded my expectations. They exceeded Tyler's expectations. A lot of people's expectations. We didn't get blown out, and we played well enough to actually win the game, which is always a great sign moving forward. But, Derek, how great was this Ohio State team that we really played? I mean, were, were, were they a top 10 team, do you think? Uh, I, I think so. Uh, they still only have one loss. It was kind of a bad loss to Purdue, but uh, they're questionable here in the last couple, three weeks, three or four weeks, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, they still have top ten talent. They still can win games, and it's just a matter of how they respond. If they if they come out and just destroy Michigan State and whoever else, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, right right now, I'm not going to drop them out of the top ten just for the one loss. If we're going to keep uh, LSU in the top ten after their loss to Alabama, I'm not going to. I'm not going to damn Ohio State just yet. Well, I'm not, I'm not talking what the polls are saying, but do you think they're a legit top I, ten team? Tyler? Absolutely, I do. I, I do think they are. I mean, I think yeah, if I was going to go off a test off this, I would say I have some friends that are Michigan fans, um, and and I was talking to him about the game, and they they are they took that game and they are still scared about Michigan going to Ohio State and Michigan is a team I have been saying for weeks and I have no doubt they are a top four team um, if, if one of the five, four or five best teams in the country are scared to play a team I think they're worthy of being a top ten team Okay, well I want to talk about two onside kicks in this game, uh, the first one being a terrible onside kick, uh a swing and a miss on the first one, and then a decision not to go for an onside kick late in the fourth quarter. The first one, Derek, I'm going to bring to you because you're a Caleb Lightborn fan. What the hell happened there? When did I become a Caleb Lightborn fan? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, as far as the second onside kick, if you've seen the first one, you understand why they didn't go for it on the second one. I mean, really, come on. Uh, the first one, I honestly believe, was a true genius call. And if you watch Ohio State and you watch their front front line on that call, they all turn around to go to their blocking scheme. None of them, none of them, were looking for an onside kick. And if Caleb Lightborn can just execute that onside kick. Uh, we get the ball back, and, and I honestly think the way our offense was moving the ball in that first quarter, we probably go up fourteen to nothing without Ohio State ever touching the ball. And, yeah. and if that's the case, that changes the complete uh, scenario of this game because now all of a sudden, Penn State's or I'm sorry, Ohio State's got to completely change their game plan. Uh, but the second one, you know. All, all you need is a stop. All you need is a stop. And and uh, the one biggest bonehead coaching decision was uh, when you were fourth and uh, inches on the 12-yard line and you decided to try and get Ohio State to jump off sides, which they did if, if, if Adrian Martinez had not made his uh, freshman mistake and not hiking the ball. Uh, and then you waste a timeout. And you know, you love to have three timeouts in that final drive rather than just two. And that was probably my biggest bonehead mistake from the coaching staff. Yeah. Tyler, whose mistake was worse, 
was it Caleb Whiteborn swing and miss, or was it Adrian Martinez backward pass? I, I'm going to go with Adrian Martinez backward backward pass uh, for two reasons. One, I expect a little bit more of Adrian Martinez uh, at this point in their careers. Uh, and two, I, I think that play undoubtedly took points off the board. Um, even if we had kicked a good onside kick and recovered it, Nebraska has done very well on the first drive of games. Um, I'm not convinced that we had done anything with the ball um, at that point, except uh, because we haven't. We haven't been a second drive team all season. Um, I like the call. Execution was poor, but yeah, it's totally to see Nebraska score back-to-back drives in the first quarter. Uh uh, besides Bethune Cookman, I'm going to hold off hope that we would have driven that straight down there and scored. <laughs> Derek really? doesn't like something you said. <laughs> we, we have scored on the first drive in like two or three games this year. Like We have not yeah. done this all year. This is not no, something no, no, that no, we no. did all year. I, 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 that's my point, Derek. We always score on the first drive. No, we don't. The second. The second no, the we second don't. Drive, we scored the first drive against Purdue. We scored the first drive against... Uh, Minnesota, Bethune Cookman. Okay, like, we're like four straight weeks of scoring on the first drive. But that's not four I straight weeks. We didn't do it against Wisconsin. We didn't do it against in, in Purdue. It was before Wisconsin. I'm not sure. Did we do it against Northwestern? I don't think we did. Like this isn't this isn't a season stat that suddenly we were so great in the first drive. Like the matter of fact, the first like four games that we played this year, we were like, man. This first, this, that first drive sucks every time. Matter of fact, the whole first quarter of those first four games were terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't remember for sure. I know at the end of the first quarter of Northwestern, we were up seven nothing. I don't remember if that was a first drive touchdown or not. Um, but I again, I, I think we're I, okay. Even even if we're not, but I mean, I think we've scored. First drive, majority of the season. I don't think so. Did we do that against Colorado, too? Did no. we score? I mean, like... We had a turnover, I think, on the first drive in, of, against Colorado. Oh, that's right. Greg Bell's fumble. Yeah. Where's he at now? <laughs> He's not at Oregon State, I can tell you that much. <laughs> hey, you guys have any final thoughts on this uh, spectacular Ohio State game. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pleased with this game. Uh, this is a type of game where they can show on BTN Classics, and I'll, I'll watch this game. I mean, we haven't had a good game on BTN Classic in quite a while, and even though this was a loss, it there's a lot of positives to come out with this game. And it, it, it to me, and this is debatable, I don't want to get sidetracked here with the others topic here but god this this kind of really makes you think that we can really truly win out this season and finish off the year with at five and seven but I, I, uh, absolutely i mean you you look at what we've cleaned up this year and and just in the last three or four weeks uh you know we we completely complained about penalties all year long we were averaging 10 penalties a game we've had 10 penalties in the past two games that's a huge improvement. And maybe it's not great, but it's a huge improvement, and that's, and that's what you're looking for in this in, in this whole team is improvement. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and Derek, you know me. I mean, I've been probably more critical of uh, this whole transition, Scott Frost, 
seeing the outcome, you know, going 0 and 6 and stuff, I was pretty critical and I, I wasn't liking a lot of the things I was seeing. But you know what? Even in this loss against Ohio State, I saw some great things. I saw some huge well, things that gives me so much optimism. Well, and, and defensively, I mean, even defensively, I, I know there's a lot to complain about on defense yet. There still is. But look, we've had three turnovers in the last two games. The last time Nebraska had back-to-back three turnover games was in 2014. Mike Riley's defenses never did this. And for the last three years, we've never done this. Billion-dollar Bob didn't do it? Well, of course not. We didn't, I don't know if we had three turnovers last year, did we, on defense? I I drank a lot last year. <laughs> you drink a lot this year. It doesn't matter, uh, <laughs> as, as we all do. And I'm not, not. It's not just you. It's all of us. But you know, it's just it's just funny that as much as we complain about this defense, and there is a lot to complain about, uh, there, there's still some positives to take from this defense. And, Absolutely. And and I told you guys earlier, and I know you guys didn't like this comment, but this this is what we got. We have to expect out of a Scott Frost type defense, like. We're not out here trying to shut teams out, per se. I mean, of course, every defense wants to shut a team out. But the, his, his objective in a, in a defense is to make one or two more plays than, than the offense does. Yeah, Bob Diaco had the same philosophy also. That didn't work it, out. I, I, get, I get it, but, that, but understand, that's, Scott Frost, that's what Scott Frost expects out of his defense, too. All right, well, let's move on to uh, Illinois. Illinois rolls into Lincoln uh, with a four and five record, two and four in conference play. They're coming off the heels of a fifty-five to thirty-one victory over Minnesota. Very impressive for them. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about this uh, Illinois team? Well, I think offensively, they're they're going to be an opponent that can move the ball against Nebraska or any team they face. Um, AJ Bush is quietly having a pretty good season. He probably had his best game of the season last week where he threw for over 216 yards and also ran for 127. They are currently running, uh, for the season for almost 250 yards a game. Um, this offense can move the ball. They're doing it on the ground. And we just talked about this. I mean, Nebraska last week was a little bit disappointing in the, uh, ground game on defense. Um, the, the, they're a team that could do this. On the flip side, they also have a really bad defense. I mean, they're 127th in the country in total defense. Um, this is not a good defensive unit. So I think when you're looking at Illinois coming in town, you expect a lot of yards and a lot of points. Derek, is there anything that we should be worried about with Illinois? I uh, First off, Tyler, you're, you're completely wrong on AJ Bush, like he's having an average season. That guy's he's not terrible for for Illinois. He's probably really good. Uh, the guy's passing for fifty percent of his fifty seven percent of his passes, five touchdowns to five interceptions. Uh, he he runs the ball. He's got like four hundred and eighty yards rushing right now. Uh, he he's not terrible. He's serviceable, but he's not great by any stretch of imagination. Uh, I I. I almost feel bad for this Illinois team because I think this Nebraska team is going to come out looking to destroy these guys because they're so pissed off after last week. They expected to win this game, and I think they're going to take this inferior team and destroy them. I really, truly do. Uh, and, and, Tyler, you're completely wrong on the player that you should be watching out for. 
uh, Reggie Corbin. That's a guy you need to be watching out for, not A.J. Bush. This guy has 105 carries for 952 yards and nine touchdowns. He's averaging 9.1 uh, yards a carry. Uh, the, the, he, he's the one you have to, you're going to have to worry about. Uh, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I think you're stacking the box on this team and you're trying to stop the run because uh, A.J. Bush cannot pass the ball well. You have you have some corners you you have cornerbacks in Lamar Jackson, DiCaprio Boo, who have started to prove themselves, and in some lockdown corners, and they they really have done well. Uh, so I, I think you have to re- rely on the run the run defense. In order to do that, you're going to have to stack the box because your your defensive line can't get the push that they need, and maybe they can against this team. I don't know, but. Uh, Defensively, Illinois is just horrid. Like this is the worst defense we've faced all year, with the exception of maybe probably uh, Bethune Cookman. Derek, Derek, before you are so hard on AJ Bush's season, let's not forget that this guy's missed multiple starts this year. Um, He's played seven to nine games. He's only missed two games. Okay, but two of the other games, he did not take over half the snaps. So. So Wisconsin, he only threw the ball ten times, didn't lead the team in passing attempts, and I believe it was Penn State. But one other game, he only threw, uh, only took a handful of snaps. Was that because he but, sucks so bad they pulled him out, or what? It's because he's been banged up over the last four games where he's been healthy. The guy, the kid, has had two hundred yard rushing games, has thrown the ball a lot better. Um, I, again, I, I'm not quite ready to say that he is not a quarterback they threat us. And let's not forget, this kid played at Nebraska. He is going to be as motivated as anyone we will see go on the field and Memorial State for opposing team to have a good showing. So with his, with his bad, I, I, with think, a, with I think his, that he, he is going to be in for a good game or a potential for a good game. With as bad as that defense is, Nebraska is going to score quickly and they're going to have to rely on his arm. And his arm is uh, not good enough. To beat Nebraska, I, I I mean you're right. I'm I'm agreeing with you in the concept. I'm just saying, like let's let's be a little easy on AJ Bush having a bad season because I don't think that's a fair um, a fair assessment of what he's done. So Derek, what would Illinois need to do for to upset Nebraska? Nebraska's seventeen point favorites in this game, maybe seventeen and a half right now. I'm not sure, but considerable. Uh, favorites. What would Illinois need to do to win this game? I, 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 I don't have an answer for that. I don't think they can. I, I mean, I think it would take more of a meltdown from Nebraska. I think Nebraska would have to lose the game more so than Illinois beating Nebraska. Uh, I, I just, I defensively, they don't have enough to stop this offense. That I mean. Again, like I said, we we've scored, we've had 450 yards in six straight games, facing way better defenses than we are this week, and their their defense just is not going to be able to stop us. I, I don't see how they can compete. Like, I just don't see it. Tyler, do you agree? No, I I I really don't know if there is a pathway for Illinois to beat us. I, I really don't. I I think. If Nebraska is going to lose this game, 
you know, it, it would sound silly, but it would almost be that they came in a little flat after Ohio State. They built a little bit too much confidence in that moral victory. Um, and they come out a little flat. And I think that's really the only pathway for Illinois to beat Nebraska. All right. Any final thoughts on Illinois? Uh, no. All right. Well, how about if uh, we bring in our next guest, uh, Matthew Anderson? Let's let's talk to him about some games. We now welcome back 2019 offensive line commit Matthew Anderson from Leesville, Louisiana. How are you, Matthew? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Glad to be here. All right. So it's been a while since we've talked to you. So let us know how your senior year is going. Well, we just set um, we set school history. I'm going 10 and 0, undefeated regular season. We're going into the playoffs. So I mean. Um, we're finishing strong. Excited to get that highlight tape out there so they could make it on private so everybody can see it. It's looking good. It's looking good. Good. Uh, also, uh, you were back in Lincoln for your official. What was that game day experience like? It was um, it was amazing. I was actually um, it was actually the unofficial. I went up there just oh, okay. and um, it was Wow, um, Coach Held always told me that it was like it's it's an experience that you'll never you'll never feel like anywhere else. And I really felt that it was it was really crazy. Just the the fans, there was fans on the sidelines that knew my name, and they um, just it, it was it was crazy. It was really it was really amazing. Are there any plans to get back uh, to Lincoln uh, soon or anything? Or um, yeah, I think um, right now, depending on how we do in the playoffs and everything, where. Um, we're looking at taking my official on the Michigan State game. Okay. But that is penciled in there because we don't know what the plans are going to be and what time the game is going to be and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, that'll be a good one. So let's talk about Nebraska. You know, it was a, it was a rough start to the year 0 6. It's something that, you know, Husker fans didn't think would happen. Uh, but they've come around lately and they look really good. What are your thoughts on this program right now? Well, I think if you look at the, um, the statistics, it kind of shows that the, the Huskers really aren't bad. Like it's not a bad football team. It's right. just that they haven't been getting the results they want in the spots that they need. Um, uh, running the ball, they've been having success. They've had they've been having success in almost every every way offensively and everything. Um, it's just they haven't been getting any breaks lately. Like the Ohio State game. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that was <laughs> that was heartbreaking. All my friends, um, all my friends love giving me a hard time about everything, but they literally couldn't say anything because like even my friends thought that we should have won. It was just a few flukes and everything that happened. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where this is going. I mean, Coach Frost definitely has everything changing for the better. So, so I mean, I'll, you know, as an offensive lineman and an offensive player, when you look at what this offense has done, especially over the last month of the season, how much fun does it look like to play in that type of system? It looks like a lot of fun. I mean, just the, um, man, just see everything, like how it works and all the pieces come together and think that I could probably be like a, a pretty – a pretty um, uh, something that can increase the momentum on the offensive side. Everything, um, it's amazing. I mean, um, I just I I, I watch the games and everything, and I see the ball getting moved down the field and everything, and it's it's, it's I'm literally getting excited right now just thinking about it. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's something that I, I literally dream about now. So it's kind of crazy. Somebody that never really watched college football. You know, you know, we don't we don't post the video of us doing the podcast, but just your reaction and your face, the way you lit up with that, um, for everyone listening, I mean, you definitely mean it. So, my last question on the offense is: Is your conditioning good? Because 
the, those offensive linemen have to work for all that money. So is your condition up to par right now? I think so. I mean, um, I did um, I did have kind of an injury um, towards the middle of the offseason that kind of that kind of made me take a few steps back. But I mean, I'm I'm definitely um, a lot better than I was last year. I'm getting bigger, two sixty right now. Um, this offseason, I'm definitely going to work on. Um, they told us that we need to work on heavy squats and power clean, so I'm going to be doing that like nonstop and bleachers um, after school every day. Um, I, I'm so excited. I mean, um, the commits, the group chat. Um, all we talk about is how we're so excited to puke on the first week getting there because apparently every, <laughs> every person that gets there, they always puke. So we're really excited to have that first puke with each other. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Matthew, are you ready to make some guest picks? I am. I am. Wait, look. Okay. Wait, am I allowed to swipe out to look at the things? Because I already I, like, have a thing. Yeah, you can do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, for the first game, Tyler, number eight, Ohio State, at number 24, Michigan State. You going to give some results? or? Oh, yes. Tyler, give us uh, results, yeah. Not that I so, want to hear them. So, Matt, Matthew, uh, you're, you're taking over a really good spot right now. The guests have been whooping our butts this year. Um, <laughs> you know, right right now, our guests are 43-16. Uh, and 16. Oh, no. Um, so, but there's a lot of pressure there. They're, they're leading the way. Um, right now, in second place, though, is Justin, who passed Derek and now is 36 and 23. Um, and but don't worry, week. Derek. Uh, yeah, 6 and 0 last week. But don't worry, Derek. You're still crushing me. So, um, but I did beat you last week. So, I'm coming for you. I kind of right. let you guys back into the game. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> All right. So, Tyler, first game is to you. Number eight, Ohio State at uh, Michigan State. I honestly, of all the games that I picked, this was the toughest one for me to pick. Um, you know, Ohio State has not been the same over the last month of the season, but Michigan State can't throw the ball. Brian uh, Lorenz, I'm going to butcher his last name, has 56 complete, uh, 56% completion and hasn't thrown for 100 yards in his last two starts. Um they can't throw the ball. I think Ohio State wins a close game on the road. Derek? Uh, it's a little worky, I think, is the word you're looking for there. Uh, you know, Michigan State's offense really isn't good all around. Like, their run defense or run offense isn't very good. Their run defense is really the only thing that's kept these guys in games. Uh, their pass defense is ranked, like, number 98th in the country right now. Uh I mean, I know Nebraska just kind of held Dwayne Haskins one of his worst games ever, but I, I don't know if he's going to have two bad games in a row. And I, I just, I, I think Ohio State's going to figure some stuff out. And I think they're going to come out looking for blood in this game. All right, Matthew, um, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Ohio State. I mean, um, seeing that how lucky they got against Nebraska and everything, I think that that looks probably going to carry over into that game. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think in the end, Ohio State's definitely going to win. Well, I'm taking Michigan State here, and it's all about their defense. This Ohio State team, this isn't uh, Urban Myers, one of his better teams by no means. Uh, there's something wrong there on that Ohio State team, and I think at home, Michigan State can get it done with that defense. Derek, Wisconsin at Penn State. Tyler, you talked about the toughest game to pick. I thought this was the toughest game to pick. 
And it basically came down to Hornerbrook is still questionable with concussion protocol. Uh, Penn State's at home. This is probably one of the worst Wisconsin defenses we've seen in the past five or six years. Uh, I think Penn State finds a way to edge edge out Wisconsin in this game. Matthew, I think um, I think Wisconsin's going to win. I mean, um, uh, this kind of this makes this is kind of mostly a guess, I guess, but um, <laughs> but I think um, I think Wisconsin's probably going to come out with the dub just just because I think. It's their time, and I, um, Penn State, I don't know, that Michigan game kind of. Uh. <laughs> Your offensive linemen like to stick together. <laughs> Tyler? <laughs> you, you know, uh, this game was supposed to be what I predicted, the Big Ten championship. Um, I thought these were going to be the best two teams in their respective divisions, and honestly, I think both these teams absolutely suck right now. I, I don't think either are playing good football. Um I think the last few weeks have been rough. Um, with that said, Matthew, I'm with you. I, I really don't know about this game. Um, it's kind of similar to the Ohio State-Michigan State, another tough game. I, I'm going to go with the home one in this one. I think Penn State, uh, I thought they were going to win the Big Ten. I think I'm going to pick them here to uh, try to try to come back. So I like Penn State as well. Uh, Matthew, this one's yours. Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. <laughs> This one was kind of um, hard for me. Oklahoma State's been playing some really good football, I think, against some of the opponents they faced. Um, but I think it's a classic um, uh, little brother, big brother. And I think Oklahoma, um, the Sooners, are probably going to take this W just because I think there's that intimidation factor, and I don't know if they're going to be able to shake that. Tyler? Oklahoma has three straight 50-point games. I think their offense is too much to handle. I like Oklahoma to win this game. Derek? Kyler Murray. I don't, don't. Do you have to say anything else, really? Like that, that kid's phenomenal. Yeah. Nope. And Oklahoma scoring forty nine points a game, but Oklahoma State. I don't think they can. Slow, I don't think they can slow them down enough. I like Oklahoma as well. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit more challenging here, uh, Tyler. Northwestern at Iowa. You know, Northwestern has been really improved since losing to Akron early in the season. Um, even in, lo- in defeat, they've been very competitive. Uh, but Iowa is 4-1 at home. Uh, Iowa is good against the run. Northwestern can't run. I think they're going to be one-dimensional. And I think Iowa just makes a play or two more, and they win this game. Derek? Uh, isn't Iowa like on a two- or three-game losing streak right now? Something like that. At least two games. Yes. Uh, I but you know what I I think the thing is uh, the Big Ten West looks like crap with with Northwestern leading the way, and I hate saying that, but Northwestern I think they're going to win this division going seven and five. I think they lose to Iowa in this game. Matthew, I think um I think the same. I just think um Iowa's lost two games in a row. And I don't think they're going to lose another one. So I mean I think Iowa's probably going to win. I like it. I I'm taking Iowa as well. Ah, all of us have Iowa. Derek, uh, Clemson at Boston College. This will be a good one. Oh, I, I don't think it is. I, this is two ranked teams playing each other. Boston College played. Uh, the, the one game that stuck out to me is Boston College played NC State and won 28-23. Uh, Clemson just played Boston Col- or, uh, NC State and won 41-7. Clemson has, has hit their stride, and I think they win this game easily. Matthew, I think yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, um, I think Clemson's going to roll Boston College. 
Tyler? Yeah, I don't like Boston College. Go Clemson. <laughs> Jeez, I like Clemson in a close one, actually. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. All right, now it's for the fun. The score prediction contest, Illinois at Nebraska. Tyler, talk about this game and give your score prediction. You know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, I, I, I think when you look at what Nebraska can do offensively in this game, I think we're going to score a lot of points. I don't think Illinois is going to be able to keep up. I like Nebraska winning 48-24. to 24. Nice. Derek? Uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, this is probably the worst defense we have faced all year. Uh, I, I almost feel bad for Illinois because I think Nebraska is going to come out just pissed after last week's game. Uh, they all expected to win a game. I think they were really hurt that they didn't win that game. And I think they're going to take it out in Illinois. I think they're going to score. I think they're going to win 56 17. Wow. Matthew? I was going to go 45 um, 17 just because that's what I think it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know, everyone wants to talk about how, you know, AJ Bush was talking about the the scoring offenses, it's going to be high offenses, you know. I don't really see it. I think they're probably pretty limited on what they can do. Nebraska on the other hand, yeah, Derek, you said it you said it with that defense. Nebraska's they're going to light up the scoreboard. Uh I have Nebraska winning 52 to 31. So, everybody has Nebraska by a wide margin. Uh, Matthew, how are, how are you going to be watching the game this weekend? Um, probably on the TV. I have the um, we have a pretty big TV and everything, so probably going to pull it up there. I um, sometimes like for homecoming. I um, this was Nebraska's first win, and um, I have ESPN on my phone. The only alerts I have are for the Vikings and um, Nebraska. So um, <laughs> nice. I was on the party bus, and we were on the way back. Um, from eating like in the, um, in the city, and we're on the way back, and I stop the music, and I, I stand up, and there's a big party bus, and I was, I'm like, guys, and everybody like gets quiet, I'm like Nebraska won. <laughs> the, entire bus, the entire bus just lit up. It was it was amazing. Yeah, you you were waiting a while to announce that, weren't you? Give me a well, Matthew, it's great having you on again, man. I, we look forward to you to where it ends. So uh, um, one last question to get you out. Uh, when are you looking to actually sign? Or have you decided what date you're going to do that? Um, I'm, I might do Is it December time. or the February one are you looking at? Have you thought that one out? I didn't even know the times, honestly. My, okay. uh, my coaches don't like us thinking about that kind of stuff. But uh, probably, probably the February one just for the meaning of it and everything. Um. Uh, yeah, probably February. We look okay. forward to that day. Okay. Uh, me too. I am too. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Matthews. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you in a bit. Thank you guys for having me. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, now it's time for the Let It Ride segment. This is the segment where we bet on a team and we roll all of our winnings week after week after week. Keep on uh, doubling that money, and half that money goes to Tom Osborne's Teammates Foundation, and the other half we keep for podcast expenses. Uh, last week, we had Houston minus 13 over SMU. We had a $76 bet going into that one after like a six-game win streak. Well, Houston... 
didn't show up for this game, and we lost all of that money. <laughs> so now we have to start on start all over uh, with three dollars. And uh, this week we are taking Washington State minus six and a half over Colorado. Derek, why is this a good bet? Well, first off, I want to say I'm sorry, Tom Osborne and your teammates' uh, organization. You're probably going broke after we're not being able to donate to you now. <laughs> uh, all jokes aside, you know, uh, Washington State's playing good ball. They're a top 10 team right now. They're, all, they're really the only Pac-12 team that's playing pretty consistently. Colorado is on a four-game losing streak. They just seem to be getting worse and worse week by week. I, I I think this is an easy. I think I feel this is a pretty safe bet. Tyler, do you like it? Well, I like it. Just just think about what Colorado did two weeks ago. They lost by a touchdown to Oregon State. Granted, that game was in overtime, but they lost a touchdown. If Oregon State could cover six and a half, I, I think Washington State, a top, top ten team, can. Absolutely. All right, guys, it's uh, time for last call. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call is out to the playoff committee, and and I just got a question for you. How much does the SEC pay you to just kiss their ass? Last week, they had LSU ahead of Michigan, which didn't make sense based off of anything that we had seen, and of course, they got rolled. They had Kentucky as a top 10 team and Florida as number 11. So all three of those teams lose, and you assume this week all those teams are going to drop drastically. Well, LSU is still a top 10 team. Kentucky is 11th, and Florida is 15th in the college football play, uh, playoff preview. I don't get why the two best teams in the college football playoff are SEC. I don't get the fascination with them. Um, I, I, I just, I'm over the SEC bias. Derek, the ESPN's had their hands in this since day one. What do you expect? Yeah, you know, I mean, Tyler, who do. I don't know. Uh, without making this a segment of its own, I mean, what teams do you just think deserve to be ahead of those SEC teams, though? Well, I, if you want to go, just let's just look at LSU for a second. I would say Washington State should be over them. I think West Virginia should be over, them, and I think Ohio State should be over them. Ohio all three State? of them have okay. one. All three of them have one loss versus LSU two losses. Like LSU is getting propped up. And they lost to Florida. Like, it's just a cycle. They just say, well, Florida's a good team now. And so it, it's just a cycle of bullshit. I, I think Georgia's a good team. I think Alabama's a great team. You know, after that, it's a bad conference. Auburn's ranked again. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I see your point. Yeah, I don't like it either, but there's a lot of football left, and hopefully it gets uh, sorted out, and we don't see two SEC teams in the playoffs. But well, that's what they're building it. towards. That uh, is what they're building towards. Yeah. All right, Derek, last call to you. All right, so my last call is going to go to how wrong we all were on some of these uh, divisions in college football. There's three of them out there that are just absolutely crazy and horrid throughout this year. The uh, Pac-12 South has a three-way tie between Utah, USC, and Arizona, who are all 4-3 and three in conference right now. Arizona State, who's 3-3 three and three in conference, if they win out, could actually win that division. Uh, you got the Big 12 West, or Big 10 West, sorry, uh, where Northwestern's leading and has a fairly comfortable lead. 
as long as they don't lose two games out of the next three, which they play Iowa, which they could lose, Illinois and Minnesota, which they should probably win both of those. So they could finish a year at seven and five and win this division. Then you got the ACC Coastal, where another five and four team is leading the division in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's it's just amazing how bad like Miami, Wisconsin, some of these teams have turned out to be that we all expected to win these divisions. USC is another one, uh, and we and we all and we all scoffed at Arizona State for hiring Herm Edward. How crazy would it be if he ended up winning the Pac twelve South? Well, that would that would be crazy because, you know, upsets happen in conference championship games all the time, and this could lead uh, to the SEC getting two teams in to the playoffs, and Tanner would just blow his lid. I I think the thing that this tells me is I made a statement about a month or two ago when we were talking about rescheduling uh the akron game and maybe using the conference championship weekend i said you know what the conference championship weekend is one of my favorite weekends of the year i don't want to watch us play a meaningless game well you know what there's it sounds like there's gonna be a lot of meaningless games because i don't think you know the big 10 west or the pac-12 south are going to compete at all in those conference championship games i think it's going to be a really bad conference championship weekend boys what Northwestern Michigan doesn't rally you up? <laughs> yeah, we saw that once, and unfortunately, I think that's the closest Northwest is going to be. Yeah, that actually was a good game, though. All right, last call to me, and we, we got to talk about Nebraska ball. Uh, Nebraska had its first game tonight. Opened up, opened to Mississippi Valley State. They won 106-37. to The line on this game was 33.5, which I thought was a lot of points. But, my God, they covered easily. I didn't, no, None of us got to see the game because it was on BTN Plus and we're doing a podcast. But uh, how excited are you guys for this season, Tyler? Uh, I, yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun year, boys. Derek? You know, it's 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 really hard to judge anything off this game, but I'll tell you what, anytime you can win a game by 69 points, yeah, it's pretty impressive. So, yeah. uh, hopefully they continue it, you know. Go Big Red. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Big thanks to Matthew Anderson for joining us tonight. We had so much fun with him. Uh, we dedicate this show to the memory of our Uncle Jerry. He was the biggest Husker fan we had ever known and an even better man. We miss you, Uncle. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. All feedback is welcome. Let us know how you like the show. Please share our episodes. Help us get our show out there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, go Big Red.